0: Buddy, welcome back to the Shea Station Podcast. It is Friday, June 17th. This is episode 75, kind of a milestone, which is pretty cool. Three quarters of the way to the big one, I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly Olive, reporting from home because I am zooming to Atlantic City right after this episode is recorded. We're bright and early again, and Jerry, my co-host, is joining me from yet another unidentified location. He wanted <laughs> to wait till we were on air to tell me where he's at so what's up
1: uh first of all good luck in atlantic city thank you very Uh, much that'll be great i am i believe i am in waterloo new york between rochester and um syracuse i was in detroit i had a flight out i'm doing the the pre and post game um starting today nice um my flight got delayed 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 canceled again (sighs) And so I had to figure out how to get there. There was no flights this morning, um, all booked up. And so I had to lie to a rental car company and say, I'm going to bring that thing back because I am not, I will be leaving this car in New York city. Um, so I will be driving another, I think it's like four hours more today. I got in at like three 30 last night. Um, But this is what, this is what, this is how you become (laughs) elite. This is what greatness looks like. This is dedication. This is the adversity. Another, yet another um, airport debacle, fiasco, if you will. But I'm here. I'm happy to be here um, with you, Jolly, this morning.
0: It's a great morning. Thank you very much, Jerry. So we've had you record from an airport, we've had you record from some random place in New York, far off of where you're supposed to be. We've had you record on vacation this year with your family. Uh, I feel yes, bad, sir. but you're very dedicated to the ground. This, probably... this is
1: this is the job. This is what, Damn. this is what, it, this is part of it. You got to figure it out, man.
0: This is life. Well, I have good news and bad news. The good news okay. is, that, is that the Mets won a series for you. The bad news <laughs> is that you have game two again. We had repliers saying, can we just give Jerry a different game can we just cut him some slack you said no i'm no because the mets are winning
1: and that's the that's the bottom line they're winning series it just happens to be the game to curse which i will wear (laughs) because i'm a team player and that's why that's what it takes sometimes
0: jerry is a team player before we got uh, before we tell you guys what happened in this Mets Brewer series we just want to thank today's sponsor which is greg morris cards Uh, They are the most trusted sports card seller on the planet. They sell over 80,000 sports cards every month, which is over 2000 a day exclusively on eBay. GMC sells baseball cards from every era, pre-war, post-war, modern. You should go get yourself like a Nick Plummer or a Patrick Mazika because those are future stars of the game. You guys know that by now. Uh, But why do people trust GMC for buying cards? Well, Greg Morris and his team hand grade every single card that they sell and buyers have been trusting Greg's grades for years. If Greg says, the card is mint you know the card is mint go to greg morris to see their inventory and they want to give you ten dollars in free cards just for hearing about us on john boy media so go to their website greg morris find the cards that you want and if you win the ebay auction message them with the code john boy to get ten dollars off your order that is greg morris cards.com
1: hey ten dollars free that's like eight jerry blevin's cards and maybe exactly. two, maybe two Jeremy Blevins cards.
0: Oh, those I think are rarer. You know? <laughs> it's probably That's not right. Even one. <laughs> All right, game one time.
1: Yes, sir. Let's get into it.
0: Let's rock it. I am very happy to do game one today for a variety of reasons. Uh, first inning, the Mets did their usual thing. They are a first inning offense team. Uh, especially recently in this past month of June, they tormented Adrian Hauser in the first inning of this one. Nimo works a nine pitch at bat for a devil in the gap. Starling Marte finally back in the lineup. He follows up with a single and Pete grabs RBI number 58 on the season with an RBI single of his own. McNeil gets the 3-0 green light and hits an infield ricochet off the pitcher that just dinks into the outfield for a double to bring home a run. And then Eduardo Escobar behind him follows with a productive sacrifice fly. The Mets get three runs and Adrian Hauser throws 37 pitches total with one whiff in the first inning. That is very productive. And this would be all that Chris Bassett needed the entire night because something was figured out. He started attacking the zone more, more first pitch strikes in this game than pretty much any other start the entire season. He goes eight innings in this start against the Brewers, no earned runs, three hits, one walk, seven strikeouts on 109 pitches. That is what you want out of your de facto ace of the rotation. He induces clutch double plays in the third, fifth, and sixth inning to escapes and jams, and the Brewers were held to just two at-bats total with runners in scoring position. They hit into a double play both times. Pete Alonzo, I jinxed him. I apologize to all our listeners. He gets caught stealing for the first time in his career. Definitely a heartbreaker for me. I let out a loud, no, when it happened because I knew the onslaught that was coming. But Drew Smith came in after Chris Bassett locked down the ninth one, two, three for a four to one Mets win. They go four for seven with runners in scoring position, multi hit games for Nemo and Alonzo, and another sound victory for the Mets in game one of the series.
1: Beautiful game. Chris Bassett, the story, obviously. Uh, great eight innings. That's amazing, especially, you know, with the searching that he was doing, um, the previous five starts, basically, and, and after the worrisome you know, post-game interview where he's like, I I really don't know what to do. Uh, It turns out he knows what to do. And (laughs) he figured it out. Uh, That's great. Another thing is Drew Smith locked it down in a 4-1 game, which is, you know, very, very impressive uh, to lock that save down. Um, You know, didn't have to use Edwin Diaz after that, you know, epic elite, Mm. you know, five-out save that he had in in L.A. Um, That was nice. And then, uh, you know, Pete Alonso getting caught stealing is Jolly's fault. Why so I'll I mean, take guys? every game two loss, and you ruined uh, Pete Alonso's perfection.
0: I ruined a beautiful thing, a budding flower. You know what? I had to tell the people. I had to point out and say, look. I like guys, it. Look. Look at the flower. And then it got ruined. wilted. It happens. That's why
1: we can't have nice things. I know. Uh, game two. Fun one. Fun one. Game two. <laughs> <laughs> so David Peterson versus Corbin Burns. Knew it was going to be tough right off the bat. And it didn't work out for the Mets right off the bat. Peterson allows a a Dames double. And after he hits back-to-back batters in the first, Luis Urias hits a bases loaded single to make it 2-0 Brewers. And they would never look back. Um, Jeff McNeil smacked a home run off Burns in the fourth, a big one to make it Mm. 3-1. And then Adames has a single and chases Peterson in the fifth. He has a very disappointing outing, goes four innings plus At four earned runs, six hits, two walks, three Ks, zero homers, 73 pitches. Hasn't gone five innings in a start since May 23rd. He looked very rough this outing. Could have been travel, whatever the case may be. It was shaky. Jake, Jake Reed also looked terrible, leaving many pitches over the middle. He has a bad outing. Um... Trevor Williams came in and, and solid. Joeli Rodriguez came in and was solid. Adam Otavino came in. Those guys combined four and a third. One inning or one earned run, three hits, two walks, six Ks. Very good. Uh, Nimmo adds another RBI late in the game, but it is all Brewers all the time. Uh, the Mets lose game two in Jerry Blevin's signature fashion. 10 to 2. Brutal. That's yeah, as long as I wanted to make that recap.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was a lot more you could have said, but I think that that does it justice. I I well,
1: if, if the people, you know, they can hit me up if they want me to dive in like I normally would, let me mm-hmm. know. Um, but I kind of wanted to breeze through it because there's really not a lot to say. Um, Peterson was shaky off the bat, even though uh, Corbin Burns wasn't as locked in as he normally is. Um, he ends up going six, giving up two. Uh, and five hits, no walks, of course, because that's silly. Uh, and he gets eight punch outs. It was just kind of this the whole time. Like the Mets, here's here are the Mets. And then their <laughs> win probability goes. Oh. Uh-oh. And then it disappears. Mm. Into it disappeared oblivion. for a while. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can promise you no Mets fans are going to be tweeting at you saying, hey, can you break down uh, Jake Reed's – Well, some people want to know
1: why, why David Peterson was shaky. Uh, it was command. Once again, that's his like been his downfall when he's been – his stuff is still really good. Um, he, he wasn't able to put the ball where he wanted to when he needed to in, in big spots, and then, you know, it happens. Uh, so that was game two.
0: Yeah, just a rough month of June for Peterson. He had that really good start against the Giants, and then ever since, it's just kind of been a, a bit shaky for him. Um, his rotation spot isn't in danger because of what we're going to talk about uh, in game three here. Um, but, you know, McNeil and Nimmo, they get both to hit games. The rest of the lineup just kind of folds against Burns, and you can't really have going. Not kind of. Folded. One for 22. One for tw-
1: yeah, one for 22. Um, not a lot of action from the offense in general. There was only... Eight at-bats with runners in scoring position, um, and they go one for eight, leave five, only five guys left on base. So it was a dominant win for the Brewers and a big loss for the Mets.
0: So that brings us to game three. It's a battle of the young guns, Tyler McGill versus Aaron Ashby, future aces of each of their staffs, potentially who knows. Uh, In the first, the Mets get things going again in the first inning. That's what they do. Mark Canna, who's leading off in this game, a bit of a funky lineup. I kind of liked it. He walks, Nimmo gets hit by a pitch because that's what happens to the Mets. Always Uh, Lindor and Alonso. They both, uh, go down don't make productive outs but McNeil bails them out with a two out RBI single kind of love McNeil in the fifth hole always putting the ball in play always trying to get something going I like him in that spot Tyler Miguel looked really good through the first three innings first time through the order he faced the minimum struck out five batters in the minimum and then the fourth inning wheels just came off don't really know what happened there uh, gives up four earned runs in that fourth inning four hits one walk six strikeouts on the night uh, gives up a Yelich solo home run and then he exits after two singles uh, signaling pain in his right shoulder, so he didn't ag- he didn't re-aggravate his previous injury, but he probably gets a much worse injury in turn. Not very good news for McGill. We don't know the specifics of it yet. He goes through imaging today. Hopefully, the news isn't that bad. But it looks like we'll be without McGill for uh, the future time, which is very unfortunate for me. Big McGill guy here. Uh, so, Jason Shreve gets thrust into the fire, doesn't really get time to warm up, uh, and he allows all the inherited runners to score in that short warm-up. But he does go two innings. He goes one, two, three in the following uh, to give the bullpen a little bit of rest. And then Mark Canna in that leadoff spot feels some juice, feels some rejuvenation. He ties things up with a two-run homer to dead center off Aaron Ashby. Uh, That makes it a 4-4 to game. Seth Lugo comes in in relief. In the seventh inning, he goes two innings and absolutely dominates the Brewers. One hit, no walks, nowhere in runs, and four strikeouts. Since April 19th, he has a 2.31 ERA, 20 strikeouts to three walks, and four times has he gone over one inning. So he's been very valuable out of that pen, very quietly since that Phillies blow-up. So good for Seth. He's really bounced back. Um, The Mets get another hit-by-pitch on Canna in the seventh we were worried that he might get taken out of the game luckily he stayed in alonzo walks but they fail to score mcneil can't come through this time Uh, drew smith gets the eighth he lets up two hits but he does work around them and gets a scoreless inning there so that's clutch because if the Brewers get a run there, they go Williams and Hader, and this becomes a very different game. Instead, in the eighth, the Brewers decide to go to Brent Suter. I don't really agree with the choice. I still think they should have went with one of their big guns who they didn't really use in this series. But nonetheless, it's good for the Mets. J.D. gets a single off the lefty. Giorme reaches on a Rowdy Tellez error that he throws into left field on a double play ball. And then later on, Nick Plummer puts the ball in play. Rowdy Tellez decides to throw it to second base instead of home, allowing Marte to break late. The Mets get a run. Uh, Plummer was in an 0 for 17 slump, but he comes up big. So good for the young kid there. Uh, and then Diaz in the ninth still looked good, but a couple dink hits uh, almost made things pretty shaky. Uh, Renfro single. And then Tyrone Taylor loops one down the right field line for a double. The outfield was playing back, no double. So they had to sprint in. Nick Plummer comes in, makes the throw to the cutoff man. Uh, an interesting send by their third base coach. Uh, very aggressive. The Brewers play an aggressive brand of baseball on the base paths. It does not pay off here. Pete uh, makes kind of a, not really a wide throw, but definitely not on target. Nino makes a nice grab, whips around, slaps the tag on him just in the nick of time. The Mets nail Renfro at home. Buck comes out because Christian Yelich is on deck and he says, do you want to walk him? And Diaz just says, no. And then he strikes him out on three pitches, three nasty sliders. The does not stand a chance. Uh, The Mets get a 5-4 to victory. Diaz gets another save where he looks elite. And they win a very gutsy series where they were outplayed at a lot of times. They suffered a lot of injuries, and they didn't get hits in a lot of big moments. But they beat a team that they believe they are better than, and they get a clutch series win.
1: Big win. That was nice. Five to four, good victory, a lot of positive things. A couple of negative things, though. Um, Tyler McGill, obviously a, a scary thing. Shoulder discomfort, I think, was what uh, was was put out there. I think Dakomo on Twitter um, looked painful, but, again, it could be minor muscular kind of thing. It could be just some type of spasm. Who knows what's going on? We, we don't need to speculate. Um, scary, though, because he looked – back he looked fully back the brewers are in trouble because their offense is not very good um rowdy Telez made that horrible that was a really bad play
0: very uncharacteristic he had no errors on the season and then he made two horrible plays in the same inning
1: just i don't even think that was an error just a poor judgment that's uh yeah so that was tough um eduardo escobar was m.i.a Um, Turns out that his is a medical issue that they can't talk about under the HIPAA violation rules, um, which basically means it's medical, we don't just talk about it publicly, it's privacy, Um, it is an issue that he's facing so again no reason to speculate there, we'll know more most likely today, that's what I'm going to guess, we'll see. Mark Hanna looked good in the leadoff spot. Like good. he's, he's like a chameleon, man, wherever he goes in that lineup, he kind of rolls. He had a big Homer, um, a good one to right center. Um, Lugo, you said looked great. Drew Smith solid. Um, and then Diaz, uh, looked really good. You know, you're going to have that weak contact, you're going to get those bloops. Um, but that was a good W I listened to the, to the radio cuz I was driving. Oh yeah, also my drive went through Canada. Awesome. Cuz I was in Detroit, <laughs> you know, on the the northwest side of Lake Erie and I just plugged it in. I had to, I got to save an hour by going through Canada, which was Oh,
0: fun. okay, nice. Yeah,
1: so I I, <laughs> I so here's my question. Here's here's a question mm-hmm. I want to put put out to you. I drove through Niagara Falls at Ooh. night scary i had never been there That's i didn't cool. see it didn't hear it had all the signs for it um you know i've got it my it's just like niagara falls here i see it like on the map have i can i have i been to niagara falls
0: i mean i don't think you have man you didn't see but it. but i have i mean you've been around it were you in the there. water with a raincoat? Cause I feel like if not, then you have it. but I mean, it might be on your way back now. So who knows? I'm not driving trying. that thing. I'm going
1: to knock on wood real quick. Yeah.
0: What if it's a Shay station? This is what, sure? it, this
1: is the conversation. Have yeah. I been to Niagara Falls? Technically? Yes.
0: I think you can tell people in the, the falls. Yeah. Cause if you go and you tell someone apart at a party, Hey, I went to Niagara Falls and I asked for a picture. What are you going to do?
1: um i didn't take any photos i'm more of a i'm in the moment you know oh, i don't want to yeah you're i'm in the moment i don't want to okay. distract and, and take ooh, away from ooh, that ooh. The, the majesty that is the falls wow
0: very convenient i can also just you make know. a photoshop of you <laughs> <laughs> very convenient, <laughs>
1: dude that's yeah so that was another thing uh, but i listened to it and it was a wild game very good um, really the, the McGill thing was pretty scary. Um, I watched the replay this morning. Uh, you third, uh, when Shreve comes in, he makes a decision to try to get a double play, not a bad decision. Um, uh, yeah. but the, the play at first wasn't even close. I don't know. Uh, so he could have gone home there. Maybe that would have been, you know, in, in hindsight, it's easier to see, to say that, but I like, he tried to shut it down. Um, aggressive mistakes. Whereas Rowdy's was a mental mistake. Yeah. If you're going to make a mistake, be aggressive. That's, that's the way to do it. Um, yeah.
0: It was kind of a toughening for Shreve too. He got, I think he got like three or four ground balls and a bunch of them were just in the wrong spot based on where we were shifted. So, I mean, he did what he usually does is bread and butter, but
1: he, he did, he looked, he looked good, but he, the results aren't great. And it didn't help Tyler's, you know, overall numbers because Tyler was dominant dominant mm-hmm. looking great 97 98 99 uh that slider was good um yeah man just it looked like maybe one pitch maybe the pitch before yeah. and then he was like that's too much it's pain yeah that um, uh
0: that last fastball he threw was 92.5 so i think yeah. you could tell something was completely off at that yeah point. i
1: think he might have felt at the pitch before and then you know trevor we we talked about it uh trevor may kind of opened up a lot especially on the rose rotation where he talks about where pitchers are Hmm. and what it feels like to to pitch through pain and then that there's a switch where you're toughing it out trying to do the best you can you know it's your job whatever and then there's you know I've gone too far and I think Tyler couldn't didn't hit there that that pitch before if he was hurt I tried to watch it again and replay it but then he he was like that's ah, um i can't do that again so
0: yeah and i think uh half made it very clear to the guys don't try to muscle through like i think i think scherzer said a great example honestly when his injury came about because he immediately knew signal to the staff and said i'm coming out like i think knowing your body and knowing when something's off like is very yeah, he's like i too. don't i don't want to throw to throw another one
1: yeah i mean again i don't think he had a choice i don't think yeah, he could have yeah, yeah. <laughs> thrown it which was the scary part but um Yeah, just a good series. The Brewers are in trouble, dude. The the Cardinals are the real deal. They're the real deal, man. They got a really good team. They're getting Flaherty back. Um, Talked about it on Baseball Today with our boy Trevor Plouffe, who you also shared. Yeah, we took uh, it over this fill in duties. That's That's right. Um, The Cardinals are for real, and the Brewers are. They they look lost, kind of. Their their offense is sputtering. their rotation is kind of decimated a little bit. Um, yeah. But, yeah, man, it was a good series. The, the you know, the as Jake, you know, talks about the sandwich games, mm. the two bread p- games for the Mets were great. Um, they won the series. That's what you got to do.
0: Yeah, so uh, we got good and bad injury news all over the roster. Starling Marte got hit by another pitch. Uh, He actually made a pinch running appearance in game three. That was about the only thing he could do. So it was actually nice uh, to get him in the fold there. Uh, After the hit by pitch game, he said, I felt a little limited and a little tight in my ability to swing. Maybe give it another day. This was after game two. So he does not expect to be out more than one additional day. So hopefully, if you're a Mets fan, you see him in the lineup tonight. Everything is okay. Eduardo Escobar, you mentioned he was not available yesterday due to a non-workplace event. We'll probably know more today. Shel Walter with HIPAA laws could not reveal more. Hopefully everything's okay there. Good news on the Max Scherzer front. uh, He apparently aced his latest test on Thursday on his way back from injury, a three-inning, 50-pitch simulated game that went well as anticipated. So he could be making a rehab start soon, maybe at AA Binghamton, where James McCann is. He made his first rehab game yesterday, Went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Not ideal, but he did play six innings uh, at catcher. So hopefully he's on his way back as well. I mean, Tomas Nito, though, has done a pretty good job uh, in his wake. Uh, 387 with runners in scoring position this season. He had another RBI uh, in uh, game three as well. Uh, And he had a great catch. I know you were listening on the radio, but he made a great catch on a foul pop-up that nearly got away from him. Just turned the glove, grabbed it. Very cool, calm and collected. I feel very secure with Tomas Nito back there. I think he's done a really good job.
1: I agree. Shout out to Nito. He is gosh. I mean, what do you want? You want a catcher who can handle the pitching staff and enhance your defense and pitching. That's what he does. And he's not he's not hitting terrible. I think he's still right right around 250. He is a 250. Hitter. But but even more so, he's clutch. He's clutch runners in scoring position. That's what you want. That's what you want. And he's doing it. Um he's a catcher like if nobody's on base either hit a home run and jog around the bases or go sit back down and relax because your job is hard so take your time man pick your
0: spots yeah i mean runners in scoring position mcneil's now 407 hitting on the year mcneil's third in the nl for batting average with a 324 mark uh edwin diaz when he makes an appearance in games this season the mets are 25 and one which is a crazy stat as well a lot of good stuff to take away from this series like i said before Mimo
1: made an amazing catch too
0: he did yeah i think that was game one
1: right game one that was a great catch i wanted to give that some love yeah Um, compared
0: to where he was at in 2020 in center field it just looks mm -hmm. like a completely different player out there it's incredible
1: and the the last thing is and we heard it a little bit on the broadcast last night uh fan favorite tommy hunter a jerry Blevins favorite Uh, uh. um the very likable tommy hunter if you don't know who tommy is Give a listen or watch the video. We should probably tweet that out on Chase Station of him his post game after he got a oh, base Oh yes, you want yes. to see the love of baseball and the real joy of uh, a guy that's had an amazing career, very very good career. Talk about getting a big league hit. Like it's it's a beautiful thing. But he's been dominating. I call I talked to him when he signed. He's had 14 strikeouts and only one walk in AAA with a 2.08 ERA in his mm. last five games um, pitching. Well, if something goes down with, with our, our pitchers with, with McGill, I'm, it's probably going to be him. And then we'll make an adjustment on the rotation, that kind of thing. Um, but good for him.
0: Yeah. Tommy Hunter, a veteran coming veteran, he. W-
1: back surgery yeah second time a second back surgery a
0: second back surgery and how how he's 38 years old so that's a pretty incredible comeback for Tommy Hunter easy easy 38's not that old I sorry 38 he's young as the day sorry (laughs) (laughs) um but no he was the guy that was really excited to be a Met last year and it's a shame that like his time was so brief with the club because in like the three games that he pitched he was like very fun to watch in all of them. And you know, the Mets could always use bullpen help Bullpen's been pretty stable as of late. They kind of won the series of bullpens in this set with the Brewers, uh, which was pretty impressive as well. But having Tommy Hunter back in the fold uh, is very nice.
1: I still can't, I still don't know why they didn't pitch Devin Williams there.
0: I, they didn't use Hader once in the series. They didn't use Devin Williams in the eighth there. These, I, they put it, they brought in a lefty for JD Davis, which I didn't understand at all. Um, Yeah. Just a very perplexing decision. But the Mets even, some Mets even said in the post game, they got a little lucky in that eighth inning. Some things just turned their way. A couple errors, a bad choice by Telez. The Brewers not using the best pitcher for that situation. A couple things just went their way and that got them a win.
1: Yeah. Wild. Craig Council just, I don't know. Kind of a stinker. Stinker. But you want to get into the Apple? Of my eye, yeah, I do, Jerry. Yeah, I, I hear do. the chimes, I don't ah. really, but they're in the background. <laughs> Audio really jack illusion. enter here. He's here, somewhere. uh, I i really do hear it. Uh, there's a few candidates, kind of a weird series. Um, there's really only two guys. Mark Canna had a good series one for six, two runs, that home run, two RBI, two walks, a stolen base a hit by pitch on base machine. Uh, but the two guys are Jeff McNeil, four for 10, two runs a double, a homer, four RBI, a walk, big RBI in in Hmm. spots too. Uh, And then Chris Bassett, that is the apple of my eye. Seabass himself, eight innings pitched, zero earned runs, a three hit, one walk, seven punch out performance in a moment. It's an amazing singular performance, but put into context of where he was, where the Mets are, what kind of thing we need. And now with scare with McGill and the possibilities of us needing Seabass to be himself, even more, you feel a lot better about where you are. He looked elite. He looked like himself. He looked like the Seabass. We've come to know and love.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, I loved seeing the emotion from Chris uh, getting the results he finally wanted. Those double plays were so massive. That takes this eight-inning shutout to maybe a six-innings, 3 earned runs. You still take that, but being able to stay cool, calm, and composed and still attacking the zone in those tough spots was really important, and I think Chris did a really good job of that. One walk was awesome. He was really controlling the zone. Like I said uh, in the game recap, a lot of first-pitch strikes, which I think was the thing that they figured out. Um, and just exactly what we needed. We've been kind of waiting for Chris Bassett to step back into the spotlight. Luckily, Taiwan Walker has been very, very good. Cookie Carrasco has had some great outings to kind of you know, help ease that a little bit. But having Chris Bassett at this level too uh, makes this rotation almost whole without two huge pieces in it. So Chris Bassett having that outing was absolutely vital. Uh, I'm going to go with the bat because I went with the, I think, arms in my last like three apples or something. I've been doing a lot of pitchers. So I got to switch it up a little bit. I do want to give love to Canna. His home run yesterday was absolutely vital uh, to the Mets winning that series. Him, like you said, perfect word, chameleon, kind of put him anywhere. He's been batting fifth. He batted second. He batted first. You can kind of put him anywhere and he'll be productive. Gets the hit by pitch, stole a base, uh, which I loved. Got a really good jump. Uh, caught the, uh, I think Brad Boxberger just sleeping on him. Stole his first base of the year. Uh, mine's going to be Jeff McNeil. So claps for Jeff. Uh, Jeff had a lot of clutch hits in this set. Uh, he goes four for 10, two runs, a double home run four RBI and a walk kind of doing it all. And this is, uh, this was kind of big for me because we had a, we had a rare cold series from Alonzo. If you can call it that still had some RBI, still had some good hits in here. And Lindor, I know that fractured finger is still bothering him. He just hasn't looked right ever since that Dodger set where it happened. And McNeil bat in fifth kind of had to bail these guys out more than once. Uh, and he, Completely filled the task. Homered off Corbin Burns, which was very cool. Uh, four RBI in the series was big. In a series that the Mets did not score a ton of runs, they scored four in the first, two in the second, and five in the last one. So that's 11 runs in three games. And McNeil's responsible for over a third of that. Uh, so great series for him. You don't think of him as a five hitter, but a guy with a 324 batting average, that's a guy I want with runners in scoring position. I think that five hole can really be a home for him. And uh, I think it showed because in the eighth inning, or the seventh inning of game three, uh, you know, the Brewers were probably thinking about walking Alonzo, maybe. But with Jeff McNeil protecting him, I feel like they were kind of scared off from that idea. So they did pitch around him. They got him to 3-2, and then, you know, Boxberger just threw one away completely. But at the same time, that took it from an intentional walk, which Pete leads the league in, to, you know, an actual competitive at-bat where maybe he could have got a pitch to hit. That 3-2 pitch, which or that 3-1 pitch, which went right down the middle, Pete decided to take, that's a pitch that Pete can attack and probably send to the right center gap for a hit. Um, so that's the kind of stuff that I want to see going forward. You know, somebody protecting Pete in that lineup. And I think McNeil stepped into that role very well. So he gets my apple. Uh, two good apples
1: for our guys. I agree. Two good apples. Um, they're a good apple. Isn't that a thing people say yeah. it's a good apple?
0: Chris Bassett's uh, a good
1: apple. Yeah, Jeff McNeil, man. So valuable. Like what he's been doing for the Mets offensively, defensively. Um, awesome. I think... Uh, we get into the probables or do you want to yeah. talk about any
0: more notes? I think we can run it. Uh, I will preface the probables by saying that the Marlins are in kind of a rotational flux right now. Uh, they're down Elisa Hernandez. They're down Jesus Lazardo, and they don't know what's going on with Pablo Lopez. His bullpen did not go very well. So as of right now, uh, they have two starters that are probable to go in this series. Trevor Rogers, just pitched so he probably won't appear in the series unless it's game four they have two to be announced so we're kind of going to work around that and see what we got uh but yeah let's preview it
1: looking ahead the miami marlins the fish with arms as our boys on talking baseball would say don't know what it means but i'm for it um yeah this is a pitching dominated team Uh, We got a four-game set. Game one, Cookie Carrasco in his 3.93 ERA going up against the aforementioned to be determined. We don't know who's going to take the ball. Uh, Pablo Lopez is still day-to-day with his wrist. Miami Marlins, oh, he took a line, uh, a comebacker off his throwing hand. So the Marlins have had to replace uh, Eliza Hernandez, Jesus Lazardo, Trevor Rogers' comeback. Cookie Stroud and Anaheim in his last start. Four and two thirds, five earned runs, nine hits, one walk, seven K. That is an elite offense that he faced out there. It's a little bit, a little bit different, a little bit less experience. Um, so we'll look to take game one against uh, a guy that might be wearing a Marlins jersey. <laughs> <laughs> game two, Taiwan Walker in his three point zero eight ERA against one of the replacements, Braxton Garrett in his four ERA. Um, Pete Alonso, JD Davis are 0 for 3 combined against Garrett, and no other Met. Shockingly, has faced this gentleman. Um, Brian de la Cruz, or Ernesto de la Cruz. Remember who's Ernesto de la Cruz?
0: Oh, that is a princess. Ah, uh, no, the it, name's slipping me right now. It's from Coco. Oh. Oh, was I was thinking of a Montoya you, I, you, know why my I was, was just
1: it could be it could be I was just getting into my dad moment uh a little pixel there by the way Good thank roll. you uh De La Cruz is four for eight against Taiwan Walker and Taiwan has a ERA in 41 and two thirds innings over his last seven starts. Really, really stepping up for this Mets team that's needed him. Uh, And Braxton Garrett has a really good against a very, very dominant lineup in Houston. And he went five and two thirds, no run six hits one walk, five K. He looks really good. He looks like a promising arm shocker. He's going to be a Marlin. He's probably going to be good. Yeah. Um, Game three, Chris Bassett, bass, coming off the apple of my eye and his 4.01 ERA, looking to dip that into the threes uh, against who might be the front runner of the NL Cy Young in Sandy Alcantara and his 1.68 ERA. Uh, JD is four for 10 off of him. McNeil is seven for 23 with a homer off Sandy. Um, we've got some history. He's on another level right now. This is, this is, um, the cream of the crop I believe I mean like him and Shane McClanahan and Nestor Cortez are they're the best of the best right now in MLB um Sandy's been great um but Jorge Soler is one for five with a home run off Seabass um but he looked great in his last outing as we talked about this he went eight shutout Uh, The Marlins are just 8-5 and in Sandy starts this year, despite his insane numbers. He has a 2.82 ERA in 10 starts against the Mets. We've hit him around a little bit to 2.82 ERA, um, but guys are familiar with it. This is going to be a division foe. This is a a guy that you've faced before, so there's a little bit of familiarity, which is advantageous for the hitter. Um, But when you're that good, you're that good, and he is on top of his game. Um, i'd love to see him have a little hiccup yeah me too Just give up I think- give up you know uh, a six spot and four and a third you know who knows anything on game three
0: i mean i'm conflicted because sandy alcantara was my pick in the off season for the dark horse for the cy young i got corbin burns last year i kind of want to be right again think it would be fun and we're gonna see sandy forever He's he's got this six-year extension now he's going to be in this division for a long time uh, so you're going to get to know him, uh, Mets hitters. You're going to get to know him. Hopefully he does have a hiccup because he looked very, very good against the Phillies last time out. Kind of got yanked, I think, a little bit prematurely. Gosh, so, was, did was, so did he. So did he. That was his game to finish, I think. And then the Marlins ended up blowing it anyway. So um, I think they learned their lesson. And they'll let him go as long as he wants.
1: I love him. He's a great pitcher. I really enjoy watching him do his thing. He's, he's you know, if you're that good at your craft. He's got... 100 mile an hour fastball that he paints like just wild um game four david peterson looking to have a bounce back he's had kind of a rough still has a nice 3.6 era against the return of game one we don't know another to be determined we will find out who will be donning the rubber against david peterson in game four uh peterson has allowed 10 earned runs in his last 15 innings pitched after at Really, really good start to his season. He's kind of had a little bit of a, a season in flux. Um, he went five innings with two earned runs in his lone career start against Miami. So that's, that's a decent one. And the Marlins have a lot of rotation questions. Obviously, we have two guys that, two spots in this four-game set that we have no idea. And we're going to face an elite Sandy Alcantara. Um, should be a win. Yeah. Got to be, you know, this is at home. So you're going to want to take three of four to win the series um but who knows man this is a this is a really good pitching team um i pulled it up some of the guys we got to be looking for uh that are hitting really well jazz chisholm yeah he's he's i don't know he's crushing homers he's playing good d um he's doing a really good job uh and garrett cooper is the other guy i wanted to highlight he's been great he's he's dh he was a first baseman um he's come into his own he's kind of quietly been a really good ball player his whole career um had some injury woes but he is you know doing really well and then they have john birdie off the bench who's been been hitting really well he's got he's a, a um, killer you he about. is a med killer he's he's got your moniker he's the guy so that's why i wanted to highlight him um and then they have a decent back end of their bullpen um but they're yeah. they're a pitching team, you know. They've got Anthony for Bass, sure. Tanner Scott. Um, but it's all about their starters, Richard Blyer. Um, great video on Richard Blyer out there on the internet on the YouTube foolish
0: baseball. There you go. Foolish. Yeah, very foolish. Nice. Uh, I'll let them know you yeah. saw it. Well, bro. I mean,
1: you opened the the gateway for me to be a YouTube baseball uh, there you consumer. There's
0: a lot of good stuff out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh this is this is a very winnable series. This'll be uh, a good one. We've got our rotation set up, so. Definitely Um, agree.
0: I think um, you mentioned Garrett Cooper. I was going to talk about him too. Yeah, go for Um, it. We talk about all the wonders that the DH has done for a lot of national league teams. It's basically really preserved the career of Garrett Cooper, who has always been good, like you said, but just could not stay on the field because of injury. And I think him being off the field, the majority of the time and just being allowed to hit has kind of let him stay in motion and stay uh, consistent. So that's been really good because some of their marquee guys and pieces Haven't been getting it done. Uh, Avisel Garcia is having a nightmare season, a 576 OPS. Jacob Stallings, they acquired him for defense, but we knew that he could hit a little bit. He hasn't found it either. Uh, Jesus Aguilar has been kind of hot as of lately. Got that OPS plus over 100. The big guys you got to look out for are the guys you mentioned. Jazz Chisholm, uh, Jorge Soler has been good, and then Garrett Cooper. Um, Bullpen's been kind of shaky. Bullpen really had a tough time in that game, two against the Phillies, but they ended up winning that game. They blew game one, they blew game three. So if the Mets are looking to stage some late comebacks, this is actually the team to do it against because it's going to be tough to score off these starters, the ones that are healthy. Uh, Sandy Alcantara has been very, very good. Uh, They're probably going to dodge Daniel Castano, which is good. He's a new lefty that the Marlins have. They just have a a farm full of arms, and he looked really good against the Phillies. I think he went six shutty for them. Uh, Got a lot of arms in the arm barn. In the arm barn. That's what we're supposed (laughs) to call it, right? Um, I don't know. Mets dodge and Pablo Lopez is huge. He was having a really good year. Hopefully he's okay. don't want him to be injured. Obviously. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, That comeback here, it's probably a precautionary thing. He didn't, doesn't feel great coming. The the x-rays were negative. Yeah. Yeah, The x-rays were negative. So they're probably just giving him some time for the swelling to go down because, you know, holding a baseball, manipulating a baseball, all the like tendons and ligaments and muscles in your, in your hand really get, you know stretched and and pushed to the limit so if they're swelling in there it's a pain in the ass you know yeah i'm i know a little bit about it so yeah you've got to wait it out <laughs> i've heard
0: yeah and this is our first meeting with the Marlins of the year which is kind of weird kind of a weird schedule what a weird
1: very weird schedule um but we're getting them you know we're getting them at a good time if you're you're trying to win some ball games so um in a four game set if you could have dodged sandy Alcantara, that would have been ideal but uh Also, if you're a fan of baseball, you want to watch this guy uh, do his thing. So,
0: yeah, that is going to be a good game to watch, especially if uh, Bassett is back, like we think. And I just want to conclude my thoughts on today's episode uh, by talking about something I talked about way back on the week of May 22nd, because I have it pulled up right here. I highlighted a 22 game stretch uh, where the Mets had to play the Giants at Oracle Park. Then they had six at home against the Phillies in Washington, and then the West Coast Garland and then hosting the brewers and i said if the mets go 11 and 11 if they play 500 ball during this tough stretch i consider that a victory they ended up going 14 and 8 they still lost a ton of games in the standings because the braves went on that crazy win streak but they went 14 and 8 during probably one of the toughest parts of their entire schedule for the year uh so if you are still in crisis mode about this team even after that win last night uh still feel good these, these guys are playing good ball they went nine and six during this Braves win streak they played a good brand of baseball we knew that the Braves weren't going to be dormant forever uh, they're creeping up they got the Cubs who have just lost like nine games in a row they're probably going to keep winning but hey if we keep winning too it doesn't matter that's my uh, again that's my mentality
1: great great point um, the Mets are playing really good baseball they've got some injury woes you deal with it this is part of the this is part of baseball it's part of the long season uh, the Braves are just You know they hit a great part of their schedule, and they're dominating. And you, like you said, we knew they were going to be good. Um, Their guys have stepped up in a big way. Um, The the lead in the division has shrank, but again, you don't care about that yet. You care about what product your team is doing, how they're playing, what they look like on the field. Because the Mets look great. You know, if you put it in a vacuum, this is what you want to watch. Um, They're playing really good baseball. Uh, so whatever happens, happens. They're 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 gonna have games together. So something's gonna shake out. But this we knew it wasn't gonna be a cruise the whole time. Um, but the Braves made up a ton of ground and are making up a ton of ground with the what is it, 14 now, 14 consecutive wins? Yeah, it's up to 15. Yeah. yeah, so and then you like you said, they have a, a very poor Cubs team um, that they could win another three. They actually should have won two. I can't remember who it was that they started the streak on, but they lost a game to another subpar team before they started the streak. So, you know, whatever the case may be, all you got to do is worry about the Mets and the Mets look great. We do have some injury concerns. We'll find out about Eddie Escobar hopefully soon. Uh, We'll hear about Tyler McGill hopefully soon. We'll get Scherzer back soon. Um, We got DeGrom on the horizon. Is he coming back when there's some hope? Uh, it's great to see him in the dugout. Yes. Uh, makes me happy just knowing that he's around the guys, just knowing his spirits are lifted. Um, yeah. And then tune in to the pre and post games this weekend. See your boys yes. while your other boy is uh, out in Atlantic city, you know, winning big at blackjack becoming Gambling the
0: away my fortune being the
1: whale that he is. That <laughs> um, yeah, should be a lot of fun.
0: Good. Yeah, make sure you take uh, funny pictures of Jerry on TV and then post them and then tag him in it for sure. Uh, I've had a
1: rough day. Take it easy <laughs> on me. This is another travel day for Jerry.
0: How can it be a rough day when you went to Niagara Falls? It's so beautiful there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a great one. You're, you're that's, that's perfect. It's a good right, way guys. to end the show. High yes. notes.
0: We will see you on Tuesday. Talk about the Mets minds and preview the Mets Astros that comes up right after a two game set. Should be fun. We'll see you then, sir. Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets.